Merry Christmas, friends. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm on the pastoral team here at Living Waters and happy to be sharing uh, with you today. Hey, if you're new or newer to Living Waters and we've not met, or uh, you can head over to our website uh, where contact information for myself and our entire ministry team is there. We'd love to hear from you at Christmas. We'd love to uh, be a part of, of this month's uh, with you. As I think back over the many Christmases that I've had, I have many good memories. A few of those memories that quickly come to mind that were moving and beautiful are associated to the times that we lived in Montreal and on Christmas Eve would drive into the center of the city and find ourselves in large cathedrals with large groups of people and in services that continued over the midnight hour of Christmas Eve and at the strike of midnight hearing large choirs sing Handel's Messiah's version of the Hallelujah Chorus. Moving, moving the soul, moving the mind, moving our spirit in such a good direction. Music is a gift to us. Uh, poetry, poems, stories, music, musicians, what a, what a gift uh, to our community. And as we consider on this third Sunday of Advent, the carol, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, we learn a lot from its history and we learn a lot that can inspire us today from its message. Hark, it was actually a, first a poem that was written in 1739 by Charles Wesley, uh, an English Methodist leader and became a hymn writer. And history tells us that Charles was inspired by the sounds of, and again, 1739, inspired by the sounds of London church bells while walking to church on Christmas day. It was that inspiration that led him to pen a poem called Hark. And it was later um, translated into or created um, by a colleague of Wesley's. It actually became eventually moved from a poem to a carol, uh, the carol that we're most familiar with singing today called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Charles Wesley um, wrote many hymns and he had a purpose for it. And that was to teach the poor and the illiterate sound doctrine. And it was said by his brother Charles Wesley, a famous theologian and founder of Methodism, that Charles's hymnal, which contained thousands of hymns, was the best theological book in existence. And certainly we see good theology. We see good invitation as we consider a very familiar carol called Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. And so since the poem and then into a carol for the last 250 years in shopping malls and cathedrals and cars and homes, uh, we sing this very familiar carol declaring uh, the birth of Jesus and the deep significance of him coming into the world and most importantly, getting involved in our lives as a Savior and Lord. This carol is a masterpiece inviting the world to take a look. And it's 
worded this way in the middle of the stanzas of this carol. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. This is one of the great invitations of this carol. Come and see, for veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Perhaps there's a, a few ways to look at that invitation. Considering a veil, a veil does not hide anyone. A veil is not a mask. Someone wearing a veil is not out of sight. If you wear a veil, your intention is to be seen. And furthermore, you want to be able to see. Uh, a veil is simply a veil. To be seen through or to see through a veil, you have to get close. So Wesley says, see God veiled in flesh. So who is veiled? God or us? When we think of the truths of this carol. Certainly this carol is saying, don't miss meeting God by not looking closely at Jesus. For Jesus is God appearing in the flesh. Don't be mistaken. If you want to see God look closely at Jesus, the veil, Wesley mentions, is the potential of the veil of the human flesh of Jesus. So here, don't be mistaken or misled. The flesh of Jesus was never meant to be an obstacle or a stumbling block for people to know and experience God. Rather, we see a God at Christmas through the birth announcement in this carol, Luke chapter 2, we see a God that is on full display when hearing, seeing, touching, and smelling Jesus. The human flesh is not a mask to hide behind. It just requires us to come close and to take a closer look. Well, what are our veils that we bring into this experience? This carol expresses the truths spoken in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 says, and this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Verse 16, whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. What veils are you wearing this Christmas that would restrict your view and your experience of Jesus? It's a great question. It's a good time in the month on this third Sunday of Advent to stop and consider. As the weeks and days of Christmas seem to so quickly roll by, wow, it would be important for us to receive nothing left unreceived this Christmas. What, what veils would keep you from, again, seeing and experiencing crisis Christmas? Veils potentially are veils of disbelief. Veils of sin, veils of pride, veils of poor theology, veils of lack of understanding, veils of being distracted by what is happening around us, other people. And the invitation of this carol is a good one. Take a look, get close, uh, see beyond the potential hindrance of veils and see Jesus on full display, God in flesh. As we look past the veil, we see through this carol that there is something to hear, something to see, something to say, and something to receive. Let's consider those four things. 
something to hear as we look past the veil. This hymn begins with an exhortation, a command, a call to action. It says, hark, listen up. It's an announcement to gather and get our attention. We, we see easily that this hymn, Hark the Herald, again, poem to Carol, is undoubtedly based upon the account of Luke chapter 2, which mentions the angelic chorus that announced originally the birth of Jesus Christ. Interesting to note that Charles Wesley's poem was first um, written this way. It said, Hark, how all the welkin rings, glory to the King of Kings. Interesting language, welkin. It means the vault of heaven. So when Wesley proclaims in his poem that the welkin or the vault of heaven rings, he is speaking of the totality of the inhabited universe, giving vocal and musical glory to Jesus. From top to bottom, from the highest to the lowest, the totality of the universe, from God's throne to his creation, ringing the sounds of God's glory. Hark, the welkin sing. Shadows of this plan had been hinted at throughout the Old Testament. But now, Luke chapter 2, with the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, we, we begin to see the reality taking place. Up until this time, uh, God spoke to Israel through human prophets. But here at this critical point in salvation history, the word of God is delivered by a supernatural being, holy angels. And since it's being announced by angels who speak to us with heavenly authority, we should hark. We should listen. We should say amen. For this message of Luke chapter 2, the 1700s, this message through this carol, wow, it's not just simply for the messages, shepherds uh, tending the sheep that night, says Wesley. No, this message is for us as well. Hark, Wesley says, listen, uh, there's things for you to hear. An important message from God in 2021. Glory to the newborn king. Wow, the, the excitement of this birth announcement of Jesus being referred to in Luke chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. The, the herald, the birth of the king of kings, the birth of the king of heaven. Something to hear. Peace on earth and mercy, child. Peace on earth. Hark, there's peace on earth. Peace on earth. Peace, the Prince of Peace, is now on earth. And still in 2021, moving by his spirit to bring peace on earth. What good message for our planet and what good message for people. Peace. Peace. What a message. What a need. Such good news. This has not been an easy year for the planet or for people. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says, speaking of end times and fearful events and great signs from heaven. I feel this past year there have been some fearful events 
And there have been signs from heaven. Hark, listen. Draw your attention to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. What good news for people living in the lower mainland and people living far away. Even this past year in the lower mainland, the events of the year, heat waves, floods, winds, COVID influencing our lives in so many ways. Something for us to hear this Christmas is don't look beyond Jesus to be the one that can bring peace into the center of need and concern. Something to hear. The Prince of Peace is here for our planet and for our people, for us today and this season and for this next year. Something to hear. Something to feel. This, this carol calls us to feel something. Joyful, all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Referring to Luke chapter 2, verse 10, where the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Christmas is, there's something for us to feel this Christmas. And that's joy. And, and perhaps for you, there's a great gap this season already between what is happening and the invitation to feel joy. I want to encourage you today for the gift of joy. Leave, leave nothing left unreceived. The gift of joy. Joy to the world. Joy to your world. To the planet we live on and the people that we are. Jesus wants us to feel joy. That healthy emotion to come upon our lives, our thinking this Christmas, to come upon our spirit and our soul, to bring that lift that we so need. Perhaps one thing that this pandemic has done this past year, it's forcing us to rediscover what our source of joy will truly be. The world, perhaps, and the things of this world growing strangely dim. Why? Perhaps in the light of the glory and grace of God. Perhaps our love affair with the things of this world is breaking up a bit. Don't allow that to be something which is unnerving. Be something, allow that to be something that moves us into a, gro a greater and deeper relationship with joy. The one who brings joy, something for you to hear and something for you to feel this Christmas. Joy to your world. John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 gives us a little bit of a forewarning. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you not, do not love the, have the, the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Something for you to feel. Oh, I grew up hearing my parents sing a very simple chorus, and it still registers and rings in my spirit. Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light 
of his glory and grace. This is the message of Christmas. This is the message of the gospel. Turn to Jesus and feel the joy that comes from being in a right relationship with God and a right relationship with this world. Joy to all the people. Joy to all the people of the world. God and sinners reconciled. Wow. All the people of the world, this invitation for people to hear and people to feel. All the people of the world. In the Middle East, in Asia, in Central and Latin America, even as we introduce to you our couple that will be joining our community soon. A couple whose settlement in Canada we are sponsoring, yes, uh, Arabic-speaking Christians. They uh, perhaps have said the sinner's prayer, not in English, but in Arabic. All the peoples of the earth moved in their heart to respond to Jesus through the Arabic language and now would sing, Hark the Herald in Arabic language. Wow, all the peoples of the earth experiencing this Jesus this Christmas. Oh, may our gospel be uh, embraced. May our gospel be appreciated for all the people of the world. Something to hear, something to feel. Thirdly, something to say. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Something to say. You have something to say to God this Christmas. Hail. It means worship. It means acknowledge royalty. Hail. Appreciate the royalty of this newborn baby now 2,000 plus years later, living and leading our lives. Hail the incarnate deity. This poem invites us to an appropriate response of worship. Hail, the appropriate honor given to the appropriate person, giving honor where honor is due. John Piper writes it this way about the incarnation. The incarnation is the preparation of nerve endings for the nails that would be hammered into his hands and feet. The incarnation is the preparation of a brow for thorns to press through. The incarnation is the preparation of a brow for thorns to press through. He needed to have a broad back so that there would be a, a place for the whip. He needed to have feet so that there was a place for spikes. He needed to have a side so that there would be a place for the sword to go in. He needed cheeks fleshy cheeks so that Judas would have a place to kiss and there would be a place for the spit to run down that soldier's spit on him. He needed a brain and a spinal column with no vinegar and no gall so that the, ex the exquisiteness of the pain could be fully felt. Hail, the incarnate deity. This uh, beautiful poetry and carol that we sing. It's our Christian story. Begins in a stable and moves, of course, to the cross where Jesus Christ died. Hail the incarnate deity. You have a song to sing, friend, to God this Christmas. I trust you would sing it from the depths of your soul. And finally, we have something to receive. Again, it's been said the last few weeks, Christmas carols don't just often speak about a baby Jesus. Wesley 
gives us three reasons why Jesus was born. Mild he lays his glory by three reasons. Born that men no more may die, forgiveness. Born to raise us from the earth, everlasting life. And born to give us second birth, which is new life or Zoe life for our life on this planet. Well, Christmas reminds us of the extraordinary lengths to which God will go in order to restore our broken relationship with him. Born to die. He did this all for one reason, and that's for love. On this third advent of, of, of Christmas, we consider uh, this, this idea of love. We light a candle, but more importantly, we embrace this love that God would want to shed abroad in our hearts and into this whole world. Despite our repeated rejections of God's overtures, God's commitment to us remains unshaken. Hark, listen up, hear it again and again and again. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. The message of Christmas. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Again, light, life and healing, such good news uh, for us needy people this Christmas. So let in closing, let me remind you, don't allow veils to limit your experience with God this Christmas. Look beyond your circumstance. Look beyond your preconceived ideas. Oh, the negative patterns of thinking that can creep in. All oh, the negative behaviors that can creep in. Let's be renewed. Hark, listen up. For as we do, we will find that there is something for you to hear this Christmas. God loves you very much. There's something for you to feel this Christmas. Feel the warmth and encouragement of his love and peace. There's something for you to say. Come, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. Bring peace to the planet. Bring people, bring peace to all the people on this earth. We love you, Jesus. And there's something for you to receive. Receive abundant life that Christ offers you this season. So we say, let's remove the veil. Let's open up. Heart, listen. Let's receive. God has so much for us.